Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Home Alone and the film Home Alone 2 and the film Home Sweet Home Alone. It's a Home Alone special. You don't have to have seen any of the films to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen them, just be aware there might be spoilers. Enjoy. Yep, I'm recording. Hello. Run, run, Rudolph. Santa's gonna make it to town. Run, little Kevin. You're staying at home tonight. <laughs> he stole a toothbrush and he had to run away. Yeah, yeah. Um, hello, I've not spoken to you in some time. No, I haven't spoken to you in ages. Not at all this month. We haven't talked about any Christmas films or anything remotely festive. So here we are. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. How is your festive season? It's good, man. Yeah, good. I, I've eaten my mince pie cupcake. That was very good. I've had my festive tea. Yeah, cinnamon and spiced apple tea. Um, yeah, I'm feeling good. I've done the big Christmas shop. I'm all stocked up. I'm ready. Are you, are you all set? I am good to go, apart from I need to do a couple of... Um need to do a couple of uh christmas cards e-cards and things like that but apart oh, from yeah. that i'm golden already for christmas you're golden you got a star on top like a christmas tree you're ready yeah. i am i'm primed for christmas yeah and most most importantly we've watched home alone it's not christmas until you've watched home alone is it it's not and i have gone over and above just home alone so the we had Home Alone to watch, Home Alone 2 to watch. This is and the Home also, Alone special. Yes, and also Home Sweet Home Alone, um, which is the most recent Home Alone movie. And sorry for spoilers, but the worst Home Alone movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there, is, there are some in between, aren't there? So there, I haven't seen Home Alone 3. Have you not? I no, think there's, you. There's, it's a different kid. There's three Home Alone movies between Home Alone 2 and Home Sweet Home Alone, I think. It might right. be four. But I know that there's Home Alone 3, Home Alone 4, and I think Home Alone The Holiday Heist. Right, okay. And then Home Sweet Home Alone. Um, but yes. Okay, um, yeah, here we are. Home Alone 3, 1997, and then you got television films. Home Alone 4 and Home Alone The Holiday Heist. Right, okay. But Home Alone 3 was written by John Hughes, so... Even though it's a different kid, it could be okay. It's not. <laughs> it's it's very bad. Um, they're, they're, they're all of them, but personally, I'd say all of them after the first one aren't particularly great. I know we disagree on that fact. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, particularly after Home Alone 2, there's a very steady downward trend. And, you know, we'll talk about Home Sweet Home Alone in a, in a moment. Um, but should we do something more positive to begin with and talk about Home Alone, the first yeah, one? let's do that. Home Alone, 1990. This is a film that everyone knows and everyone without exception has seen this film. Everyone in the world has seen this film and knows all of the lines. And if you say to anyone in the world, keep the change, you filthy animal, they'll know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think... One thing I've never quite understood about this, and I didn't understand it at the time, and I certainly don't understand it now, is it meant to be painful when you put aftershave on your face? 
this is a trope, isn't it? Because there's the same thing in um, an episode of The Simpsons, wasn't there? When Homer teaches Bart how to shave, and he puts aftershave on his face and then goes, ah, oh, and that's how we shave. Uh, but that's because he's cut his face because he's bad at shaving. So I thought it was just because Homer's bad at shaving. But now I think it might be a trope, an American thing. And maybe Americans have like really harsh aftershave that burns their skin off. It's incredibly alkali American aftershave. It just burns your skin. It's the only thing I can think of. Because yeah, if if you cut yourself and you put aftershave on, yeah, fair fair enough. You might it might sting, but in general, no, it doesn't. I don't understand that joke. Um, but I, beside aside from that, I love Home Alone. This that's, is that, that's your only the only scene that you don't like is when he puts aftershave on and he screams. I just I was always bemused as a kid and was like, is that is that what happens when you put aftershave on? Because obviously when when I first watched this, I was a little sprog. I hadn't put aftershave on, um, and then as an adult, you thought I I thought my dad was just screaming in the bathroom because he was terrified of everything because <laughs> he was just in constant pain about his life exactly yeah. exactly um but yeah apart from that I I adore Home Alone this is one of my favorite Christmas movies um of all time it's up there for me with um with Muppet Christmas Carol as one of those must watches yeah um and I think what I love most about this film is how in general it's quite low key, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually relatively slow in terms of mm. the way it builds, and it feels ex- well extremely nineties. And well, it came out in nineteen ninety, I guess, late eighties, early nineties. It feels extremely nineties, but it never for a second feels dated, does it? It that holds up just extremely well. Like this could have been made now. No, and and all of the all of the restrictions in place here are things that would be relevant today you know um they they leave home without him they've forgotten about him because they're in so much chaos because they had a power outage so they're um so, so their their alarms didn't go off and they're a rush when they leave uh yeah that could work absolutely fine because people have put their phones on charge but there's a power outage so they'll all run out of phone battery um yeah they, they try and fly back to to meet to to get back to him but they can't get back because of you know it's it's christmas time you can't get last minute flights um well, because a, a volcano's gone off in iceland yeah exactly exactly um so so everything about this setup um is quite easily applicable to to modern day and so it hasn't aged at all um and there's a there's a human element to home alone which i think works incredibly well in that everything is centered around um it's all centered around kevin but it's centered around him in terms of his own character growth um and and you're seeing this kid sort of grow up on the screen almost and 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 come over some of his immaturities and it it works really well both as a as a slapstick christmas comedy which is what it devolves into by the end but also as this kind of coming of age story that has good moral a good moral story to share about you know uh gaining responsibility caring for your family getting brave recognizing your selfishness at christmas time and overcoming it um this is this is uh it's it's um a christmas carol but for eight-year-olds yeah basically isn't it you know (laughs) Yeah, uh, with the Muppet Christmas Carol aside, of course, because I think you could show that to an eight-year-old. Oh yeah, I was definitely we were younger than definitely that. younger than that when I watched it for the first time. Yeah, 
Sorry, I'm just looking at this stuff about filming. <laughs> um, no, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, Joe Pesci apparently resented the early unit calls since they prevented him from starting his day with nine holes of golf, as he preferred to do. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, and and you know, we we talk a lot about about Macaulay Culkin, who is fantastic. Don't get me yeah. wrong, he's brilliant, and the, these movies would not have would not have succeeded if it wasn't for his charisma and and his performance in them. Um, but all of the all of the um, supporting cast are brilliant. You know, Joe Pesci is fantastic. Um, yeah. Daniel Stern as well, Catherine O'Hara, um, John Candy. It's all oh, everyone. John Candy. So sad that he's died. He's mm. dead. Mm. Um, it's it's yeah, it's brilliant. And but but. <laughs> Just, just referencing Joe Pesci. This came out the same year as Goodfellas, did it? <laughs> yeah, what a is, year for Joe this Pesci! Is, this is the same year as as Goodfellas for Joe Pesci, and he still managed to play nine holes of golf in the morning every day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's it's, but but everyone, everyone does a perfect job here. They knew exactly what they needed to do, and executed it perfectly. Um, but what what always surprises me when i watch it is when you think about when you think about home alone and you think about the public consciousness of what home alone is um you think about him putting aftershave on you think about him dancing around with with cardboard cutouts um and then you think about him setting traps to horrifically maim people yeah Um, (laughs) to just do horrific violence on two men (laughs) But but that's only a tiny part of this film. It's it's really like the last half an hour is the 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 trap setting and the the violence and the shooting people with with air guns. Um, but instead, a lot of this movie is about that that build up. So, like you said, it does feel slow. It you've got that initial dynamic at the beginning with the family where it feels much more human than I think any of the sequels managed to do. Yeah. Um, they they well, they're all extremely mean to him. <laughs> yes, yeah, and and then he he's he doesn't see the bigger picture either, and and so it creates this this conflict. Um, then you've got him being alone in the house, and you get the novelty of this. I think he's meant to be seven years old in the film, isn't he? Eight, um, eight, eight years old. Um, you 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 you've got this the, the the comedy around how well he does actually get on in terms of going to the shop and and asking if if the 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 toothbrush is good enough yeah um, is it approved by the american dental association <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um and so all all of that works really well there's there's a slow build-up of comedy you've got the, the the things that he's scared of um the boiler in the basement yeah the, the snow shuffling guy um but instead of, uh, and he overcomes that and he, he comes to develop and, and gets on with with the day-to-day um and then only at the end does it turn into um does it turn into right i better set a load of traps to 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 hurt these people because they're trying to rob us yeah yeah it's in many ways it is just a family drama isn't it about him and his relationship with his mum uh but with added added horrific violence Have, have, have you ever seen the movie um you're next no, I don't believe I have. Your Next is a brilliant horror movie. That The first half is an incredibly tense home invasion thriller. 
and the second half is adult home alone with, right. with the main character setting these traps to try and kill these murderers it's brilliant um really one of the one of my favorite horror films um and and yeah the stuff that they pull off in that is less horrible than the stuff that kevin does in this movie i'd imagine that's been done quite a lot in horror films yeah yeah um but nothing quite as avert and as successfully done as um, yeah as as this um so it's yeah it's 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 really it's a great it's a great movie it's really really good i highly recommend people watch nothing it. as good as just like joe pesci slipping on the ice multiple times and just no. clattering down the stairs no no and and that's another area where this movie really feels human is that the slapstick feels very human as well it feels genuinely horrible um yeah seeing his oh, head daniel stern stepping on a bunch of baubles <laughs> yeah him him sta- stepping on those baubles or joe pesci's head being burnt with that torch um the, the the paint tins hitting them in the face slipping over in the ice and hearing that sick crunch getting hit with a with a crowbar because there's a tarantula yeah. on him it all feels very real and and it feel it makes you wince to watch it you know, in, in such a visceral way, it's ah, oh, it's so well done. And Daniel Stern, I have to say, is a master of the the Hollywood scream, isn't he? Like when the, <laughs> he does really good sort of screaming in pain, but when the tarantula's on him and his face goes all white and he goes, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's really well done. I think, yeah, the 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 wet bandits are are brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, um, they're they're absolutely fantastic. And the the interplay between them is always really funny as well. They're sort of sassing each other, and yeah, it's yeah. There's just, just enough of that to make them into sort of rounded characters, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. You know that you get a sense of their relationship, and you get a sense of their banter and what they're like. Um, Shut up, Marv! <laughs> Kicking exactly. him while he's telling the cops everything they've done. Did you know that? Daniel Stern is in two of my favourite horror movies. I feel like you've told me this before, but go on. One's Rookie of the Year, obviously. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, he's in Chud, which is a really silly, low-budget... Um, Chud. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a low-budget thing about a, a monster living in the sewers under New York. Uh, it's, it's really good fun. And then he's also in Leviathan, which is basically... Oh, what, yes. What That's if right. the thing, but underwater... We talked um, about that recently, and I can't remember why. Really, I have no idea. It why came either. up on an episode about I can't, I can't even remember. It's um, been a long year. <laughs> it has, it has. Um, but it's got an amazing cast of people, like Peter Weller, who played RoboCop. Um, Eddie yeah. Hudson's in it as well. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's truly great. And he's, he's one of the people that's, that's trapped underwater with this thing creature. Um, it's, it's, it's truly brilliant. But yeah, you know, you get these fantastic character actors in here who, who do these, the, these amazing physical performances. Um, and then, yeah, you've also got the, 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 the John Candy element as well, um, which just works so well. And, and and that kind of breaks up the tension, doesn't it? That that journey back with the Polka King of the, what is it? The the Polka King, the Polka of, King the, of the Midwest, the Midwest, yeah, yeah. Gus Polinski, and she gets in the van, and all the Polka guys are playing their Polka music, um, and then they t- they drive her home. She doesn't even invite them in for a cup of coffee. <laughs> no, no. They I just, just go think, on. You'd, yeah, even if they really wanted to get on, they'd at least come in to use the toilet, wouldn't they? 
I mean, yeah, they've they been on the road like for that long. Yeah, yeah, for sure. From for Scranton. Sure. Um, but it's it's yeah, it's so it's it's wonderfully done those moments, and you know, it it that kind of comedy it also adds a bit for, and you'll appreciate this. It adds a bit for the parents in the audience. People <laughs> always say that about kids' movies, don't they? Or yeah. the, the mums and dads will find this funny. But um, that's the thing about this. It's a family film. I think I don't think there's any joke that you know goes over a kid's head that is only intended for the adults is it really no no maybe one or two things but mostly it's aimed at everyone and it pulls it off which is you know i think a rarer thing than you might think no exactly because you you do find a lot of the time don't you and i think um i think pixar movies are particularly bad for this is they'll put in stuff that's very much aimed at the kids and then they'll put things in that are very much aimed at the adults and there'll they'll just be a few quips here and there where you're like, ha-ha, that could be construed as a sex reference. Yeah, I can't, can't believe how much innuendo there was in Inside Out. Terrible. Awful. <laughs> it's the name alone. It was disgusting. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Often there's sort of like this knowing nod where you're like, aha, the parents will get this. But you're right, this, this it, has, it has moments that are more focused on on the humor to, to parents like the john candy element which is much more conversational humor that maybe a, a six-year-old seven-year-old watching this movie would prefer to see haha bad man fall down yeah um but there's plenty of that and there's plenty of that but then yeah there, there's a lot of there's a lot of humor that's just accessible to anybody um you know and and, and that's what works so well about this and i think it's kind of an art that's been lost recently isn't it is making those family movies where it's not segmented into into these two sections yeah i mean as an adult you can as you say go and see a pixar film and appreciate it on every level but yeah there's nothing that's quite like this out there is there no no um you know you when you watch a pixar movie you always kind of know in the back of your head you're not the target audience (laughs) and john hughes i think did have a gift for that yeah yeah definitely definitely um it's um but yeah this is a he was involved in beethoven you know beethoven's another film like that isn't it i'd say less so than this i think beethoven is a little bit more focused on the kids yeah, but you know, Stanley Tucci gets bitten in the ass by a dog. You know, it's <laughs> it's not deep. You're 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 not. Yeah, you're not selling me on this to the same extent. Um, but it's but yeah, you're. We're right. going to do a Beethoven special at some point. By we the way. will do a Beethoven special. Um, but then uh, yeah, but John Hughes, you know, he did have lots of movies that managed to do that. Um, you know, um, his Uncle think, Buck. That's always on around Christmas as well. Uncle More or less the same cast. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um and of course the the iconic baby's day out one yeah. of my most hated movies i haven't seen that in a very long time i remember despising it when i watched it as a kid thinking this is the most atrocious thing i've ever seen in my life and getting incredibly <laughs> bored put, put on alien please don't. rob hates babies i want it i want you predator to first. shoot a man please put that on instead put deliverance on please <laughs> exactly exactly um but um but yeah whereas yeah but home alone it really does have that comprehensive thing and you know if it helps that it's a a christmas movie and so you can always have that emotional attachment to it and it's hard to it's hard to break down the nostalgia around christmas movies isn't it but i i genuinely think this movie just holds up so well yeah 100 percent. sorry i was just reading on john hughes's wikipedia page he he wrote beethoven uh, it was credited as Edmund Dantes. 
Okay, why did it, why why did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> it's not clear. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want to. Yeah, he should have, he should have put his name down as 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 B. Eethoven. Because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. Edmund Dantes, he's the he's the Count of Monte Cristo, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, is there weird. any reference to to the Count of Monte Cristo in Beethoven? I'm there referring to you here. Not. You're the you're the Beethoven specialist, the world's, world's foremost expert on the film Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, no, there is not. Uh, why I'm searching this now? Why did John Hughes? Oh, he also used it for um, Made in Manhattan and Drillbit Taylor, which apparently he was cred- had story credits for. Drill bit Taylor. That's one of those awful. Oh no, it's Owen Wilson. That's not the film I'm thinking of. That looks awful. Yeah, I've not heard good things about Drill bit Taylor. Fat. Some fans and critics believe he used the Dante's name for his less impressive work, so as not to tarnish his brand. <laughs> Excuse me, motherfucker. Beethoven. Beethoven. Compared to, as you say, Baby's Day Out. Baby's I don't Day hate Out. Baby's Day Out. Like, yeah, I think it's okay. But like, yeah, he was happy to. Yeah, he he couldn't be even in terms of dog films. He wouldn't associate with Beethoven, which is the greatest dog film of all time. But he was happy to associate his name with 101 Dalmatians, 1996, which is also very good. Which is still, good. Which is good. Or or Flubber. Home Alone, Home Alone Three. Yeah, Home Alone Three. Oh, John Hughes, I'm mad at you. Even though you're dead, I'm mad at you <laughs> for this. Can- you're cancelled, John Hughes. <laughs> I'm going to cancel John Hughes. <laughs> Oh dear! No, but but his gift for writing, I, I I think, really really shines through with this film, doesn't it? It does. It does. Um, it it feels it feels so human. I um, you know, when Kevin goes to see Santa Claus, and it's like, yeah, it's the guy smoking next to his car. I always used to think that was John Hughes doing a cameo, and it's not. I don't know why I got it that in my head, and it's stuck. Oh, okay. No, it's an actor called. What's Edmund Dantes. Edmund Dantes. <laughs> um, Kenneth Hudson Campbell is the man's name. Okay. Okay. Um, oh right. Yeah. It's not something that I'd heard that it was a cameo. You you no. you, you get those um, you get those whispers, don't you, going round? Um, but yeah, that that that's not one that I heard. Yeah, I mean, he had a cameo as a dog in Beethoven, obviously. <laughs> of course, of course, he 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 stepped in for the dog in one scene. Um, you gotta you gotta pause it right at the right moment. Yeah, um, and you uh, look at the dog's collar. It says Edmund Dantes. <laughs> right, I'm conscious of time. We've got two <laughs> more movies to get through. Yeah, so Home Alone one, very very good, perfect family film, perfect Christmas film, really really enjoyable, brilliant slapstick. But you know, all the jokes land. Everything about it is just really really well put together. And yes. There is a nostalgic element, but if you haven't seen, by some miracle you haven't seen it, I reckon if you saw it for the first time now, even then, I think you'd still enjoy it. And I think a lot of people younger than us like it and get the references. And you know, you know, our our parents, you know, and people who are sort of in between, people of all ages, love this film. As far as I know, that's just anecdotal, obviously. But I think it's a perfect family film for all ages that holds up really well. And you know. This it's quoted a lot. It's all over every Christmas gift and Christmas card and whatever. But there's a reason for that, and the reason is that it's really good. I've actually done a scientific study, and um, scientifically, 
people love this movie. Yeah, hundred percent funded, funded by the Edmund Dantes Institute of Research. It, it was. It was. We don't normally disclose that, but that is true. Um, but yeah, no. Everything you said about this is is completely true. You know, this is a movie that that's really stood the test of time. Um, that that made a load of money at the time, and I'm sure continues to make an absolute boatload every year. Um, it's it's one of the best Christmas movies ever made. Um, and the sequel, yeah. and Macaulay is Culkin that... needs the money to keep making pizza themed rock music. So you know, <laughs> he does. So okay, good for him. Um, but the sequel is a movie that you also love, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, I've said to you before that I prefer it, and I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, I love them both equally, I think. And sometimes I think that Home Alone 2 is better because there's stuff in it that I really, really love. But whichever one I've seen most recently, I tend to sort of think that one's the best one. So I don't know if I could actually choose. It's like trying to choose a favourite child, isn't it? Which is not a position I have had to be in yet, but I will have to from April, May time next year. (laughs) Exactly. Which so, one of your kids think, is Home Alone, and which one is Home Alone Two: Lost in New York? Yeah, which one's got Tim Tim Curry in it? Yeah, yeah, precisely. And this movie is one I don't think it's a bad film. However, this is the Austin. What's, Powers, what's your beef? This is Give the Austin the Powers Two of Christmas movies. Oh well, you're saying that as if we've done our Austin Powers special and we haven't. So no, I can't we... remember the Austin Powers <laughs> films much. As we discussed, we're going to do the Austin Powers special at some time early next year, right? Yeah, yeah, we will. I, I'm very much looking forward to it. But for me, Home Alone Two feels like too much of a rehash of the previous film. Um, let's talk about the general story beats of home alone 2 so i think it takes the the story beats of the original film and sort of amps them all up a bit you know especially the violence and i think that's part of the reason why it fails so home alone 2 starts with kevin pissing off his family accidentally getting stranded alone duping people with recordings and stuff like that to be able to get by being scared of someone in his nearby community who he eventually befriends then he does some traps to stop the wet bandits and is reunited with his family. Yeah. Does but that don't you think familiar? because because you've seen the first one, you sort of know that that's what's going to happen. So instead, you focus less on the story and more on the smaller details, which is where the comedy comes from, for example. You know that he's going to deceive them to get into the Plaza Hotel, but the way in which he does it isn't what you expect. So the, the subversion of expectation that makes it funny and enjoyable isn't in the story it's more in the the detail i guess i was very surprised when he did an, a fake anthrax threat and then snuck into the hotel um, <laughs> yeah that was a um, he called that, up yeah. saying it's the real ira yeah yeah he yeah. said up the up there are no it's anyone it's the he changes the voice it's what he says the way he says it really tickles me it's always hi this is peter McAllister, the father like why would he say the father <laughs> well why it's little why, things like why that wouldn't he um but but for me you know yeah there's those there's those good moments and tim curry's excellent i i i love tim curry in this movie but his performance is just absolutely iconic yes yeah but for me it doesn't have the heart of the first one it doesn't have the right pacing of the first one is it because rob schneider's in it i mean that does have to count as a massive yeah 
big big markdown, doesn't it? This is one of the better Rob Schneider performances, though. You've got to say, he's fine in this. It's his only non-offensive performance that I can think (laughs) of, to be honest. (laughs) That's when he learned that secretly in his head he was just thinking racial stereotypes the entire time he was filming. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah, every time he watches that film, he's like, God damn it, I should have made him Mexican. I should have, I should have made him Chinese. That's what he's thinking in his head. Um, <laughs> um, but but I, think, I think Home Alone 2, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, to give it its proper title, treating it with respect here. Yeah. It's more slick. It's more silly. It's too slick for you. It's too slick. It's too bombastic for its own good so let's talk about the slapstick so you like the low-keyness of the first one i do i love the low-keyness of the first film i love how brutal and real all of those traps feel when we're talking about the slapstick whereas here you've got this kid throwing fucking bricks off a roof (laughs) i mean yeah he take marv takes about six bricks to the head you know he'd be an a and e after the first one he would be dead after the first one his (laughs) brains would be splattered across the pavement freezing as, as as Joe Pesci screams about the death of his friend, Kevin yeah. laughing maniacally from the roof going, ha ha, I got him. I got that poor person standing below me. But the um, film knows that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel as, as real. And what, what you need from slapstick for it to really work well is to have that kind of, knee-jerk reaction to it and for me at least by this being so over the top it it rolls back in on itself so you don't think joe pesci with his head on fire having to put it out in a toilet like jumping up to do like a handstand on the toilet and then it explodes you don't think that's funny (laughs) no because we've we've already seen his head on fire in the first movie yeah but toilet it's in the toilet (laughs) toilets are funny toilets are inherently funny uh the first rule of filmmaking if you need a funny scene set it in a toilet and someone's got to go in the toilet yeah not not done enough in cinema um but but for me at least you know it it feels like a rehash it feels like a slicker version a bigger budget version of the first home alone and for me because of that it doesn't hit the same beats it's like an overproduced second album um and and the other thing to bear in mind as well is it's Ride the Lightning. You prefer the raw <laughs> crunch of Kill 'em All. Exactly, exactly. That's what this is. That's what this is. Um, the, the other thing to remember as well is that Home Alone wasn't a movie that was that was typified by the slapstick. It wasn't typified by him slapping his cheeks and screaming at the camera. <laughs> what What makes it work, and what makes it work as a Christmas movie, is the lessons that he learns along the way. But when it comes to Home Alone 2, he's forgotten all of those lessons. But it's all about Christmas trees. What is it with you and Christmas trees, Kevin? <laughs> the, 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 let, let's take this as an example. At the beginning what, of, the lesson that his older brother is still a dick? The, the, at the beginning of Home Alone, he's selfish, he's scared of the weirdo in the neighbourhood, he's immature, and he doesn't know how to fend for himself. Over the course of the movie... All of those points get resolved and he becomes a better person by the end, which is always a really good message in a Christmas movie. You know, time and time again through through Christmas cinema, this is something that's worked incredibly well. But at the beginning of Home Alone 2, he's selfish again. He's immature again. He doesn't know how to fend for himself again. And he's again scared of the weirdo in the neighbourhood. How is... He's, he's not then using the 
the the things that are learned from the first movie this is this is like i said this doesn't feel like a sequel for the character the character progression has been removed just so that they can do the same beats over again because people want to see bad man fall down ha ha funny bad man fall down in a toilet let's see if bad, exactly bad, but they, they took a look at the first movie and said right what if we do that again apart from we improve it by doing bad man fall down in toilet lol and then bad man get electrocuted and see skeleton yeah exactly that always tickles me exactly but but for me at least you know because it it doesn't this movie doesn't build on the first film in any ways other than the superficial if if this it feels like ghostbusters 2 so it's not it's not a bad movie but it doesn't it doesn't progress in the way that you'd want a sequel to progress no but that's very much the 90s way of doing a sequel isn't it Beethoven's second is exactly the same, and I can say that from a place of authority as the world's foremost <laughs> Beethoven expert. But wouldn't you rather have had something more powerful from Beethoven's second? The no, because it's love. nice. The dog learns to love, and then he, he learns to talk in the second movie. Wouldn't you rather have had that progression? No, Beethoven doesn't talk. It's not a talking, talking <laughs> dog film. Those but are for simpletons. It could it's have subtle. No one understands the subtle majesty, ma- subtle majesty of a Saint Bernard's face. <laughs> but, but so, what would yeah. you have done in Home Alone two then? Well, you could have had him getting lost again, because of course you'd need to do that. It's called Home Alone. It's about him being lost. But what you yeah. could have instead is rather it than space. it being. Com- put it in space the perfect thing for any sequel um but but instead you could have different things being thrown at him we didn't need the wet bandits back again for instance um you could you could have it as one of the things that sort of all the ones that are with different characters are rubbish they are but that's not the reason that they're rubbish the reason they're rubbish is that they're inherently terrible movies that do the same thing as home alone 2 where they just rehash the same things over and over again None of them try anything new. The one thing that did kind of work about um, about Home Sweet Home Alone, which we'll talk about in a minute, was the misunderstanding element. Um, where in this movie, what was great was the stuff between Kevin and the hotel. That should have been the central focus of this movie. It should have been people not necessarily evil people but trying to work out what's going on and kevin thinking that he's in a situation where he needs to do what he did in home alone again but in fact it could have just been a a a series a comedy of errors where where he's trying to you know stay home alone and have that independence and have that self-sufficiency again which is one of the things he learned from the first film but in fact by the end realizes that he can rely on other people I don't think it's that deep, though. That's, that's the thing. Even though that kind of depth is there in the first film, ultimately John Hughes was still writing a Bad Man Fall Down film. Yeah, but he he wrote a Bad Man Fall Down film, but with a, a strong moral core that really worked well. And that's why it works well. Whereas with Home Alone 2, that moral core is taken away and replaced with, let's throw another brick. How many bricks can we throw before it stops being funny? Yeah, but there's a bird oh, well, lady. Let's throw, let's throw some... another Let's throw another brick. It's Brenda Fricker. Yeah, there's, there's a bird, bird lady. The bird it was lady in, who's um, in Cloudburst, which is a very good film. Yes, uh, which is an amazing film. But the the bird lady is fine, but doesn't do anything other than what Shovel Man did in the first movie. Shovel Knight. Yeah, <laughs> Shovel Knight. It's it it doesn't do anything new. 
yeah, they've taken it to a big glitzy city. Oh, look, he's he's in a toy shop now. But it doesn't do anything that that does anything different from the first film. So for me, at least, it just feels like, well, I could watch the one with heart or I could watch the one that's slick. I'm going to watch the one with heart. Right. But there's just so many funny moments. Like when they get to Florida, um, the, the, it's the most wonderful time of the year plays and it's like raining really hard and the motel they're, play- they're staying at has like a sign for adult films and like a rusty old boat in the car park. That always really tickles me as well. Yeah, yeah. All of all of that circumstantial stuff works really well. This isn't a bad film and, and a lot of thought was put into those those smaller jokes along the way. It's just the the structural thing about Home Alone 2 that always gets me. I guess um, what I'm saying is I'm down with the slickness. <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I like I like the rustic charm of the first one. I like the fact that it's low-key. I like the fact that it's got that strong moral centre to a movie where a child sets a man's head on fire. But Kevin never says, I'd rather kiss a toilet seat in the first one. <laughs> no, he doesn't but but he does he does complain a lot about his plain cheese pizza yes and then in the set that's the thing in the second one i this is where i think the slickness the way that it builds on the first one is just so satisfying like when rob schneider goes here's your very own cheese pizza and he opens the box and the steam comes off it i just love that but it's that's that's just that's the equivalent of it doesn't work in isolation obviously you you can't have home alone 2 without home alone 1 it's the it's the equivalent of in in a new Star Wars movie Palpatine returning. The the the, the cheese Palpatine pizza is, is a Palpatine. cheese pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a it's a lazy nod to the audience that adds nothing to the movie. Apart from I understand that reference. It's the Family Guy. It's the Family Guy. Star Wars Two lost on Exegol. <laughs> exactly that's what this is i don't think it's quite that bad home alone no, no, no. didn't it, have like legions of awful fans dictating how they wanted the film to be who no, the filmmakers but... were pandering to the fans weren't all going i need to see tim curry in this film otherwise i'm going to boycott your franchise and try to remake it myself if you don't get a cheese pizza in this movie then i don't know what you're doing but if home alone was made today new you know that that's what the fans would be asking for yeah definitely no they everywhere would sell out of cheese pizzas because pe- fans would show up to one it would them. it would it would be the szechuan sauce yeah of- <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so yeah that's that's my piece anyway this movie's fine it's fine but i'm not it's 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 nothing special yeah. Well, also when Uncle Frank is in the shower and he's singing that song, no, I'm the king of cool. That song came on when I was in Tesco doing the big Christmas shop, and that oh, t- did it? tickled oh, me greatly. That's very good. He's a very good character, isn't he? He's underappreciated. Is it the first one where they're on the plane and he's like, "That's real silver. Put it in your handbag." <laughs> yes yeah he's he's really underrated and that the the whole family dynamic i think is brilliant in 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 the first home alone as well um you know you you get this picture of it's almost (laughs) like national lampoon's christmas vacation style comedy isn't it where you get these eccentric family characters thrown together just in this mess and that was also Um, written by john hughes yes yeah and seeing how they all interact it's um yeah and so yeah the the uncle in particular is 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 brilliant apparently that role was written for kelsey grammar but he was too busy he was too busy being posh yep too busy doing fraser he uh yeah 
we were thinking one day I'm going to play a big blue beast man, <laughs> and then that'll be the high point of my career. Yeah, that's obviously his calling. But yeah, it hasn't sold me. This is the first time in a few years that I've watched Home Alone 2, and I know that you're a big fan, so I went into it with an open mind thinking, come on, let's see what all the fuss is about, but it hasn't changed my mind. No. You don't think it's a it's an iconic performance from Kieran Culkin as Fuller, the kid who wets the bed? <laughs> Well, no, it's... He jumps up at the bed at the end in the end of the film and goes, hey, guys, wake up, it's Christmas. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. Um, but... Um, Kieran Culkin, who is now starring in the show Succession, which is very popular and much commented on, ergo, I'm never going to watch it. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet either. I've heard great things. Um, and I do mean to watch it at some point because I enjoy series about awful people is it about rich dickheads being rich dickheads yeah and i like those kind of things when they're done well and apparently it is done very well um but um but yeah i've not i've not watched it yet but of course yeah kieran colkin was great in the first home alone as well you can't use that as a point for home alone 2 lost in new york no that's true but yeah he's he's a good actor as well he is he's great uh underrated definitely he's in one of your favorite movies isn't he? he's in scott pilgrim oh scott pilgrim yeah yeah he was the perfect choice for that role. Yes. Um, as a man who wets the bed. That's, yeah. that's where his character is, <laughs> in, wasn't it? In um, every role. <laughs> yeah, it happens in every episode of Succession, doesn't it? And there's um, there's a third Culkin, isn't it? Isn't there? Um, Rory Culkin, isn't it? That's the one, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen any of his films. He is in the movie about um, uh, Mayhem, the extreme metal band. Oh, really? He plays Euronymous. I think that's the band I was thinking of when we were on our other show and I was thinking of the band where half the band's in prison for murdering other black metal people and burning churches and stuff. So, um, yeah, so Euronymous is, uh, is, was the singer of Mayhem, I think. Um, and he was murdered <laughs> um, by Varg Vikernes. Oh, yes. That's and the, Varg Vikernes is the the neo-nazi yep um that's the guy i'm thinking who of. who yeah who murdered his bandmate and he's out of prison now and is a, a weirdo on twitter which is what oh. what every nazi does these days from the sounds of having it. a normal one having an absolute normal one um so yeah so <laughs> yeah so I've, I've not seen lords of chaos i don't know if it's any good or not oh. um but yeah that's um uh it came out a couple of years ago i think um but yeah that that, that yeah rory culkin is euronymous in that well, I think Kieran today is probably doing the best acting-wise, but, um, you know, hats off to all three of them. Good lads. Yes, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, is, uh, yeah, um, it's good to see them all doing good stuff over the years. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stuff that's not good, Home Sweet Home Alone. Yeah, let's, let's turn to that one. It's really a real shame because I wanted to like it. It's the kid, the kid from Jojo Rabbit, which was a film that we really liked. Rob Delaney, who I love, Ellie Kemper, who I like a lot as well, but yeah, it was not good, was it? It's 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 not it's not good at all. We watched it a few weeks ago, so my memory's a little hazy, so your memory might be better than mine. I wasn't going to rewatch it for this. <laughs> but um yeah, it was terrible and it had a whole bunch of cartoony violence in it, but none of it landed at all, did it? It all just felt, "Oh, that's nasty. That's not nice." Yeah, it's 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 not good. So, um yeah, but you're right, the 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 cast is so good. You've got 
like you said, um, Archie Yates is is great in Jojo Rabbit. Um, Rob Delaney, Ellie Kemper, Ashling Bay. Uh, being English for no being reason. Being English what for no reason. What the hell reason. was that about? Um, I assume because they didn't want, they thought the audience would find it confusing if they had an Irish mum and an English kid. Um, Keenan from Keenan Cow as well, yeah. worth bearing in mind. <laughs> um, but this movie is is not good at all. They wasted that cast and they all do a good job of, of doing what they're doing. Who loves orange soda? Orange soda? Nobody in this film. No. <laughs> yeah. Um it's There were the only times where I laughed were Rob Delaney doing Rob Delaney things yeah, because he he, was, I always find him really funny. He and and you know they're they're all trying their best but with incredibly poor material. Um and it was very bold of this movie to make the Kevin stand in the villain and the crooks the sympathetic characters. It doesn't work. Yeah. But it's an interesting strategy when you're making a movie. Is to be yeah, like, con- concept-wise, that should work. Yeah, but again, yeah. again, is this proof then that following the formula exactly as Home Alone 2 does is the only way to do a sequel to Home Alone? No, because 3, 4, and I assume 5 are all terrible movies. And well, they I all follow exactly so. the same. Well, you go and watch them. That's your homework <laughs> for Christmas Day. Don't make My food, don't talk work. to anyone. You've just got to watch the other three Home Alone movies and you can see how bad they are. Because they're truly Merry Christmas they're tr- to me. They're truly awful, and they all just follow the same formula again. Um, and this movie follows the same formula again, although it does the thing where you feel sympathetic to the to the to the villains. Um, it follows exactly the same story beats once again. It's home alone. He enjoys time on his own. Then he has to do some traps for some people what what changes here is they spend a bit more time on the villains and a bit less time on the kid but it's the same probably too much time yeah but it's the same template again it's because they're all moaning about how they they're gonna have to sell their house or whatever but somehow you just think i don't care (laughs) yeah exactly which is which is not good um but it just feels it feels it feels mean-spirited in a way yes. that the other Home Alone movies don't as well. Which is yeah, which is funny because it should be mean-spirited where a lot of the stuff that you're laughing at is a man stepping on <laughs> glass baubles or yeah, getting a crowbar to the chest or whatever. But somehow that stuff is extremely funny. Yeah, whereas here, you know, let's talk, let's talk about capitalism and Home Sweet Home Alone. Okay, this is a serious movie and uh, a really high concept, uh, like high concept, really important movie. Capitalism is the real villain of this film. You've got these people where one of them loses their job and they have to then sell a family heirloom to try and keep their house. But this rich kid, and of course, there's eventually a massive misunderstanding. He hasn't really stolen it. But it's heavily implied for the entirety of the movie that this rich kid came into their house wanting to use their loo and then just go away and stole this incredibly important doll at the same yeah. time. And, and, and that's the setup is they're trying to get this doll back that they think that the 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 not Kevin. I can't remember the character's name. Not, I can't either. Not uh, but the, it's very predictable, isn't it? You yeah, know, you can predict what's going to happen in the other two Home Alone films, but they leave enough intrigue around the edges, don't they? With this, everything is just incredibly obvious. 
yeah yeah it's 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 incredibly obvious and that comes down to the dialogue as well I just are they going to get the doll back are they not going to get the doll back yeah that, and, that, yeah. and that's what it comes down to and even the oh will he really have the doll no he won't because they they don't want him to be the villain um so so of course he didn't actually take the doll and the doll was just taken by their own nephew and they they somehow never saw it of course, of course, that's what what the answer is going to be. Yeah. Um, can I just point out this bit? Their of, own nephew, who's just like a comedy stupid kid. Yeah, comedy stupid kid. Can I just point out one one piece of dialogue that made me just want to go and bury myself alive? Um, I think it's the it's the dad or maybe one of the uncles goes. I just stepped on a Lego, the most painful thing in the world. Oh yeah, that's like saying the joke, isn't it? That's yeah. Like- yes that is the joke we get we saw you stand on a lego mate we know you stood on a lego and we know also, that it's not a lego it's lego yeah or a a brick of lego i just stood on lego yeah the most painful thing in the world and of course we all know lego is painful to stand on because everyone's the oldest on, joke in the yeah, book Yeah, everyone stood on lego at some point and ha ha it's really funny but it's just it's just oh it's so poorly written in that regard and i think that's one of the other things that really really doesn't work about home sweet home alone is just how poor the script is it's phoned in yeah it? it's an idiot's home alone it's as it's yeah. as bad as the tv movies you know we we can we can try and say that it's not but it is it is it's just as bad as them i haven't seen them so i can't say but i trust you yeah but um, none of those have adult buzz as a cop of course, they they needed to have something that ties it into the original movie, didn't they? So they got Buzz back. To give people the nostalgia hit. Yeah. That was the only thing they could do, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that that was that was literally it, apart from just copying the first movie's template, um, but missing all of the charm and all of the character. Um, yeah. This is written by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel, two people who I don't know. Streeter Seidel was part of the cast of College Humor's online sketches, sketches and a uh, guy behind Prank Wars. Okay, well, that tells you everything you need <laughs> Prank to know. Prank Wars? I don't know what that is, but it sounds stupid, it, just like this film. It does sound it does sound bad, doesn't it? Um, College Humor. That's one of those sites where they're, like, they're always posting really bad sketches. And like, occasionally there'd be one that would be really funny, and then the rest would just be really unfunny stuff of guys just, like, looking at the camera and saying the joke. Yeah yeah um he did also so i'm looking at mikey day here he also did do saturday night live um notoriously unfunny show saturday yeah. night live god people love it so much and like 90 percent of it is really unfunny it's extremely cringe occasionally it? you get a really funny sketch and stuff with like yeah good guests or whatever but yeah mostly it's just really hit and miss sketch stuff that's just yeah well, i understand that it's really influential on american comedy but yeah most of it isn't actually yeah that enjoyable to watch has it been good for the past 25 years that's the question no. um, <laughs> and you know when i think of 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 major um major important satirical comedy works i also think that they should be running pr for the world's richest man and uh and a future president of the united states that's yeah that's what i want um it's, yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> guest guest edited by Elon Musk. <laughs> and Street Asidal also did uh, Saturday Night Live as well. Okay, yeah. Um, well. And guess what they're doing next? Our award-winning duo. What? Inspector Gadget. 
Oh, good. I'm sure that'll be brilliant. I'm sure that's going to be great. I'm sure that's not going to be awful. I'm sure that won't be cheap and nasty like Home Sweet Home Alone is. <laughs> it's cheap, isn't it? It just feels yeah. extremely cheap. Yeah, it, is. it does. It feels it, it feels low budget in every possible With a good way. cast. And with a great cast. You know, they, they wasted all of these brilliant people. Um, Who just can't carry it. No, no. Um, weirdly enough... Um, Home Street Home Alone was directed by Dan Mazer, who did writing on the Ali G show and the Borat movies. Oh, right. Huh. And it's like, dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> what is this? He also did um, Who is America? You know, the other Sasha Baron, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, oh, that was very good. But he also did do Dirty Grandpa. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, which is obviously... And Bridget Jones's baby. Which is obviously notorious for, for being extremely bad. Um, so yeah, a bit of a, bit of a hiss, hit and miss, uh, directing career, I guess. And this is certainly one of the misses. Um, it's, it's just really poor. Um, speaking of things that were cheap, did you notice the terrible CGI frost breath when they're walking yep. around outside? Just don't put it in. Yeah. Just, like, what does that add to the film? Yeah, we added, know it's cold. We know it's cold. That's we the, can see the, the visual snow. equivalent of saying you've stepped on a Lego, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's a Christmas film. We have to show them during their breath, otherwise people won't have the nostalgia hit for it. It's yeah. It's it's just not not good, is it? The one thing I will say that worked sort of well was the the weird uncle and family coming to stay with Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper at Christmas time. Yeah. That sort of worked. And it made me think the whole of the Delaney Kemper family dynamic with the overbearing brother and everything like that. It's kind of like the, the, the template used by Christmas vacation. Hmm. Were it, and, and I kind of think, okay, the best part of this movie, and it wasn't great, but the best part of this movie was that surely this would have been better placed with a cast like that to do a sort of spiritual successor to Christmas Vacation. Yeah, you're probably right, but it's just not as big a film, is it? It's not doesn't occupy the same nostalgic all ages family space that Home Alone occupies. So you, once again, the real villain is capitalism. <laughs> yeah, someone exactly. they'll have floated that idea in a room somewhere, and someone will have gone. It's not going to make enough millions of bucks off streaming. Park yeah, they, they, they'll have got the cast together of, of ideas they had in mind. They're like, okay, well, how 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 much money can this make Disney? And they'll go, mm, not enough. Okay, it's right. only going to make twenty five million. Yeah, no, that's not worth it. Okay, Let, what let's we, have a series about Boba Fett instead. What what can we do instead? Right, well, the most overrated do... Star Wars character. <laughs> Boba Fett is great in the extended universe stuff, which they've now entirely eradicated. And I have zero interest in watching the new TV series about him being on Tatooine and being Boba Fett. I've seen him on Tatooine being Boba Fett. Give me something new. Give me new Star Wars. Don't just give me rehashes of what's come before. But that's the big problem with Disney, isn't it? And that that that's the big problem with Home Sweet Home Alone. Is it's just a rehash. There's, there's nothing dangerous here. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing unique. It's just here. Um, I bet you that when they were making this movie, some exec said, um, get the kid from Jojo Rabbit. And then they got the wrong kid from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was too late to back out. And they're like, oh, well, we better we better just proceed now. But he, he, and the thing is that you can tell that he's a good, 
he's a talented actor, Archie Yates. You can tell that he's good. Oh, yeah. But it's just wasted on this material. He's 12 years old, He's and he's already done something as good as Jojo Rabbit. He has a, a wonderful career ahead of him, I don't doubt. Yeah. and No and one will ever even mention this film. No, it will be forgotten about. This, this will just be a footnote. Um, but And it's going to be a footnote for everybody else as well. You yeah. Know, everyone's been in better things, and everyone's going to be in better things. Um, it's, it's just an entirely forgettable movie that adds literally nothing to your life. No. So don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch that. There's other stuff on Disney Plus you could watch. You could watch... Um, I don't know. What, what's good on Disney Plus at the moment, Paddy? I don't know. There's a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff. On, on Christmas Eve, when this episode comes out, I think Encanto comes out there, which is the new Disney film, which I think has written by and has songs from Lin-Manuel Miranda. That looks good. good. Watch that instead, probably. Not a Christmas film necessarily, but it comes out on Christmas Eve. I think you should all go and watch Black Christmas, the original slasher movie from the 70s. This is a Christmas movie. It's at Christmas. That's your Christmas recommendation. It, it is. I love that film. It's brilliant. So go and go and watch that. I've but not yeah, seen it. Encanto looks cool. It's got John Leguizamo in it. It's oh, good. our main man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'll probably watch that. But I find Disney movies are just... Yeah. Yeah, none of them are as good as Home Alone or Home Alone Two: Lost in New no, York. No, um, even even I'll even I'll say that. Not as a big fan of Home Alone Two, but there's nothing there's nothing interesting at the moment that Disney's doing. It's all very safe. It's all very. It's like it's being created by an algorithm to make sure it ticks as many boxes as possible to to keep as many people entertained. Yeah, but in a mild way, nothing it's, seriously entertaining. It's the same stuff. You know? Yeah. I understand the Spiders Man is very popular right now, so you yeah, can go and watch that. I guess people people love the Spiders Man. Um, yeah. it's, it's like Attorney's General, isn't it? Spiders Man. <laughs> yeah, we actually what, we were flicking channels the other day, and the not the most recent, but the one before Spiders Man film was on, and we watched it from about halfway through, and I actually got hooked and enjoyed it. Which so now one, I guess one of I'm the Tom to, one of the Tom Holland ones, one of the Tom Hollander ones. Yeah, they're fine, but I think. <sighs> One of my problems with the Spider-Man movies, and hopefully the new one does it, is they never feel like they're about Spider-Man. They always feel like they're about like Tony Stark or some other guy in the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like, no, just give me a movie about Spider-Man. It was about Jake Gyllenhaal turning out to be bad. Spoiler alert, or whatever. <laughs> yes, he plays Mysterio. I did assume he was going to be bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 that that's the problem with with the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well is everything has to intertwine and it never gives characters scope to actually do their own thing. And Spider Man works so well on his own. Um, so yeah, like I, I'll probably watch the new one at some point, but it's not not, not high on my priority list. Yeah, I was just I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed half of a Marvel film when I was half asleep. <laughs> Well, I think Tom Holland does a great job. I think he's he was very really, good. Yeah. He's re- he really does Peter Parker well. Um, I think he does a really good job. So yeah, we we like you, Tom Holland. Um, we you, you're a good a good lad, a good kid. Yeah, and we would be your friends. He's not the icon that is Tobey Maguire, obviously. <laughs> he's not the icon that is Tom Hollander. I no, <laughs> well, also that, that. yeah. <laughs> um yeah i i like um i i really like the toby Maguire ones though and nothing can ever really replace them in my head 
No, that's your Spider's Men head cannon. Yeah, yeah. You know, but whenever I think of Spider Man, that's the only one I think of. The Andrew Garfield, the first Andrew Garfield one's okay. It's not I great. I don't think I've seen any of those. They they did two under Andrew Garfield. They did the Amazing Spider Man in the Amazing Spider Man two, and they're fine. But they're, right. they're well, the first one's fine. The second one's a bit bit dodge. Um, but nothing compares to Spider Man and Spider Man two with our our man Tobes. Nothing compares to Spider-Man. Um, and of course they had the, one of the greatest songs of all time, Hero. By Obviously. Ch- Chad Kroger and, <laughs> was it Saliva, the band that he was playing it with? No, it was just Chad Kroger. No, I there think was... It was billed as just Chad Kroger, but I think the bloke from Saliva was like in the video with him, playing on a rooftop. It was, yeah, uh, it was by Chad Kroger and Josie Scott, who was oh, the, yes. saliva, the Saliva That's singer. Um yeah iconic iconic um ah chad kroger tyler Connolly from theory of a dead man do you ever listen to theory of a dead man there are occasionally yes not they're from one of my faves they're from canada so i assumed that you uh, you knew them yeah but so um, are nickelback <laughs> and then drummer of soundgarden all did all oh, right together for, um, for Matt Cameron. Yes, yeah. Um, he also go. was in Pearl Jam as well. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, so he cool. joined Pearl Jam in a, after Soundgarden broke up and has been their permanent drummer ever since, I believe. Oh, that is excellent. Um, but yeah, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an iconic jam hero. Yeah, absolute banger. Um, so yeah, we, um, uh, can, can any of the new Spider-Man movies give us Hero by Chad Kroger? No, never. Can a Canadian Jesus warbling on a rooftop? <laughs> Canadian Jesus warbling on a rooftop. That's the name of my new band, I think. Yeah. No, that's a Booker Prize winning novel, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, anyway, right. Have you got anything else you want to say about Home Sweet Home Alone? No, it's it's pants. Don't watch it. It is. It is very bad. So how, how are we going to rank these, these movies? Uh, let's see. Well, Home Alone... One, the orig- the original. How many baubles do you put out for Daniel Stern to step on and cut his feet? So I'm going to give it 18 because it's a quality movie, but there's zero romance. So Yeah, that's true. They don't, not, really, not they don't really count for this podcast, to be honest. Either. No, we just wanted to talk about it and it's our show, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Eight, 18, 18 baubles. Yeah. Um, how many times will you slide under the legs of Tim Curry? <laughs> well, I'll stick with an 18 for that one as well, as I, I find it hard to choose between them. And I think they work together well as a package. We always know we're going to watch both over the holiday season. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll give it an 18 as well. But I'm assuming you're going to go lower. Yeah, so I'll give it a 10, I think. Bon Jovi's it. It's it's competent. Oof, but I think 10? Yeah. That's harsh. It, it's it's competent, but it lacks heart. And Christmas is about heart. So yeah. Get out. <laughs> get out Gosh. home alone too. That that's that's a that's Grinch territory, that rating. <laughs> um and so okay, so the mean one, Mr. Mr. Rob, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> So um so okay, uh, finally Home Sweet Home Alone. How many Hours did it take the executives to decide to <laughs> release another Home Alone movie? 
with no thought whatsoever. Let's see. Well, the, I think they're ruminated for, you know, three hours out of a possible 20. I'll give, you know, three points mainly just to Rob Delaney because he did make me laugh at a couple of points, but I can't even remember what it was that made me laugh. So that tells yeah. you how memorable it was. Yeah, and I'll go the same, three. Um, the 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 What a waste of a great cast. Uh, absolute waste. Yep, it is poor. Uh, yeah, don't watch it. It's terrible. No. I think uh, it's quite rare that we actually say don't watch a film, but genuinely, you, there are better ways to spend your time. Point, literally Especially at Christmas. You'll get, you'll get nothing out of it. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's extremely, extremely bad. All right. Well, it's it'll be almost Christmas by the time you listen to this or potentially maybe it's Christmas Day or Christmas has been on gone but we still have one more week left of the year so we've got one more Christmas film to go after this which is Last Christmas yeah I've never seen it so I have seen it um, we, we watched it last year and I kept thinking we watched it for this show and we didn't so I'm going to have to watch it again yes yeah I need to yeah I need to watch it for the first time I'm excited for Hopefully, some some Wham references. Yeah. Um, cool. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Yeah, but um, I guess that means that we just need to w- wish you a very very merry Christmas and not a happy New Year just yet. We can do that on the next episode. But yeah, hope you all are having a lovely festive season and that you enjoy Home Alone and Home Alone Two. There's a link in our show notes where you can give us money. Think of it like a festive tip jar. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. Um, on the emails, Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at Gmail Love to hear from you. Love to hear about Home Alone and Home Alone Two, and hope you enjoy them. And please have a very merry Christmas. And we'll be back next time to talk about Last Christmas. Alrighty, Merry Christmas and bye bye. Merry Christmas. Oh, 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 oh,